Good afternoon. In, in the UK, uh, we have just had what's called a budget. Uh, in case you're not familiar with that, if, you, if you're watching this from overseas, and I get many followers uh, watching me from you know, America, from Asia, from India, Africa, wherever. And if you're watching this, uh, we have every year we have a thing called a budget where the Chancellor of the Exchequer, now the Chancellor is basically the, the guy in charge of the money. He's in charge of the, the, ex, the Exchequer. Uh, the, the, in, in ancient times, the Chancellor would have literally had the keys to the, to the chest full of gold coins in the, in the King's Exchequer. And, and now the Chancellor called Rishi Sunak, uh, who is, uh, most people would say, is doing quite a good job getting us through the, 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 the lockdown and everything. But he today he had his second budget of the, of the year. He's already been one in, in, in March. And this now is sort of lays out the, the plans for the rest of the year, like how much tax is going to go up by, how much tax is going to go down by, who's going to be hit, who's going to... You know, it's, it's a bit of tweaking of the economy here and there. But it does serve a big purpose. He, he, he also announced sort of... Uh, plans to invest and spend to, to boost the economy, which is is kind of what it's all about. Um, you know, and some people will be affected one way, and other people you might, you know, lose a bit here but gain a bit there. So it swings and roundabouts. And you know, the UK is obviously recovering from uh, what what they call the worst recession in three hundred years. Although I don't know. I mean, I don't think they measured recessions in the same way you know, a couple of hundred years or even a hundred years ago. They didn't measure things in, in the same way. Um, you know, we always say things like, this is unprecedented times. Well, except when it was precedented, like, you know, the Great Plague and the Black Death and, you know, the Second World War, the First World War and Napoleonic Wars, the Hundred Year Wars. I mean, things were bad then. Uh, you know, when there was a downturn in the economy, people starved. You know, they, they, they literally, you know, when we say poverty, we don't mean poverty as in, I'm in a council flat, I get universal credit benefit, um, but I only get £50 a week to live on and therefore I'm in poverty. Yeah, that is poverty, but it's nothing compared to, say, people who are in poverty in the third world who are, you know, begging on the streets or, you know, having to, to, to pile, you know, to, to sort through piles of rubbish to, to find plastic bottles to sell for a, a dollar a day. Uh, so, you know, you've got to put this into perspective. We have been through very tough times in the past, but these times are not as bad as they would have been even during our glory days of the British Empire and the Industrial Revolution. Uh, you know, people's living standards, the average person's living standards was much lower than it is now. So you know, things are not as bad as they seem. And in fact, uh, you know, the Trump Chancellor has promised a stronger UK economy. Uh, it said we are recovering faster than other competitors from COVID. That's what he said, although the opposition said we started from a lower base, we were affected worse than, you know, so you can fiddle around with figures, whatever, you know. But he said the OBR, the Office for Budget Responsibility, uh, is forecasting uh, good growth, uh, expected to expand 6.5%, but I think we're still not at where we were before 2019. Uh, but it's still good news, things are on the move. Bank of England's predicting 7.4% growth. Uh, so things, things are on the move. Uh, the big problem we've got is inflation. Uh, inflation is, is is going up, and I think, um, you know, that uh, uh, interest rates will have to go up to, to curb inflation. The Chancellor actually uh, uh, said that, um, you know, that that uh, he 
has confirmed that he expects inflation to, to rise to 4% and stay there till the middle of next year. They've more or less backtracked on what they said before, which was that inflation would only be a temporary blip in the autumn. And I think there's similar sort of things are happening in, 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 uh, in, in the States where they, they predict the Federal Reserve said inflation wouldn't be a problem. And now they're realizing that it's a bigger problem than they thought. What is inflation? It just means that the, the value of your money in your pocket is, is effectively going down. If you've got $100 today and it will buy a basket of goods as per the, 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 the things in that basket that represent the cost of living index, and you, you can buy $100 worth of goods today, well, in a year's time, you'll probably only be able to borrow to buy it to buy $96 worth of stuff. And then it goes on and on and on. And eventually, the, the, you know, after 15, 20 years, the value of your money halves, literally. So inflation is, is perhaps another way of, of the government inflating the way, that, inflating away their national debt. You know, when the governments owe two trillion in bonds and loans and that sort of thing, by, by inflation, by inflating the value of their currency, when the, people eventually get that money back, it's only worth half of what it is today. But I think we know that uh, the price of stuff in, in the shops is, is going up faster than 4%. But that, there you go. So it's a combination of giving with the one hand, the other, and taking with the other. There's winners and losers. But for most people, we won't see that much difference in our daily life. We still have to sort of row our own boat. And I think the Chancellor said, you know, you, you can't let the government sort of be responsible for everything. People can't say, well, the government's got to do this. The government's got to do that. And he mentioned uh, that you know the the state is now over half of the, the 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 uk economy and that's true i mean the state employs nearly half of of the, the workforce so it's a big state and traditionally the conservatives like to have a, a smaller state and that's probably what he's, he's going to be working to well everyone every government comes in so we're going to cut red tape we're going to cut down you know the number of civil servants it never quite seems to happen but i i can tell you that you know when i was involved in a uh, in, in local government, local councils. Um, the, the council I was involved in cut its staff over a, a few year period from something like 300 to 65, things still carried on. Uh, in 2010, Theresa May's government came in and slashed spending on, on local authorities. They, they, they took away mi you know, millions from, from most borough councils, but things didn't come to a standstill. Things carried on. Okay, we may have lost a few youth clubs and that sort of thing. We, we may have lost some services, but things didn't collapse despite the fact. So you, you can see that a lot of money is wasted by the state. So the, the, the less you can spend, the more you can control that, the better, and the less tax we'll all pay. But here are just eight ways that um, the, the, the budget could affect you depending on what your situation is. Now, if you're on benefits, if you're one of the four or five million people that are on some sort of universal credit, then they are, you, you will get a little bit more money in your pocket if you're working. So if you are on universal, because here we have a benefit that tops people's salaries up if they're, they're low paid workers or they can only work part time, like a single mother, for instance, and you get a top up on, on universal credit. Uh, but if you work more hours, then they just take it away. So it doesn't give you any incentive to, to really work more hours when you know you go and work more hours and then they just take it away from your benefit. So they're going to sort that out. They're going to try and reduce that, that um, disincentive to work. Number two, we talked about the rising cost of living. We know that things are going up in the shops. Uh, so there's, there's a freeze still continuing on fuel duty uh, so that people are not paying more for their 
their petrol in addition to paying more because the, the price of oil has gone up. But did you know that fuel makes up about 60% of what we, tax rather, makes up 60% of what we pay for fuel. So when you go to the pump and you, you think you're paying, I don't know, let's say, uh, you know, a, 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 it's not a pound a, a litre now, but if it was a pound a litre, 60p of that is going to the, the tax person in some way or another, um, and, and only 40 is going to the retailer. Uh, petrol has reached record prices, so they've frozen uh, fuel duty for another year. So as you can see, although we look like a low tax economy, we're paying tax on everything. Everything is, is taxed from fuel to alcohol to everything. Uh, but there'll be no measures to help householders with rising costs of, of gas and, and uh, elect gas and electricity bills, which are, are shooting up out of, out of all proportion. So uh, that, that's one thing. The third thing, minimum wage increase. If you're on minimum wage, if you're working in you know, a cafe or you're, you're in care, like millions of workers in care on, on minimum wage, that as expected is going up by 9.6% to, to £9.50. I'll put some details up there because it's going to, it will affect uh, some of the younger people as well. They call that the national living wage, by the way. Uh, we talked about alcohol duty, alcohol tax. Um, he's going to sort that out. He's going to sort of simplify it. Uh, but some draft beers will go down, some weaker wines will go down, sparkling wine, champagne, it's the champagne budget, you could call it. They're reducing the tax on sparkling wine. Much We, we make very good sparkling wine in, in England, by the way, very good sparkling wine. It's actually won prizes against the French sparkling wine. French are the only people who can call it champagne if it's made in the Champagne region, but it's a similar thing. Uh, it's sparkling wine, really, just like Cava in Spain uh, and... Uh, Asti Spumanti in, in Italy and, and, and these sorts of things. So we have sparkling wine here, very good sparkling wine. So that, that's going to be sorted out. Smoking is, is going to go up. They've put an 11% rise on stamp duty on hand rolling tobacco. I wonder why hand rolling tobacco. <laughs> I, I think the only people rolling tobacco by hand are people mixing it with some other stuff as well. But, you know, but... In, it, Cigarette smoking obviously causes a lot of illness. It costs the NHS a lot of money each year. So I, I, I don't worry about that. You know, that, that's, I think a tax on that is not, is not a bad thing. Uh, tax has already gone up. This, this is the fourth, fifth thing really. The tax, taxes already went up this year because they've, in, they've frozen the threshold increases that you, you get before you pay tax. That's, that usually goes up with inflation. That's been frozen. So already paying more tax and national insurance we know is is going to go up as well cost of flying uh, the cost of domestic flight tickets could be cut but it's only a few pounds here and there it's not going to be much but the, the long haul air passenger duty will go up so people flying to the us and asia will pay air passenger duty according to how long their flight is um, this of course we've got the cop 21 thing coming up soon so uh, that's the the, the environmental uh, conference in Glasgow so this will make him look good I guess but um, you know in fact if you think about it the, the, the cost of our lives here are often more governed by environmental changes and, and what they're doing to go green than, than this budget uh, you know two things are going to really affect us that's uh, what, what's happening with their environmental spending and their green spending and and of course uh, the economy combined with inflation, of course, but you know, those things will affect us more than this budget, really, because the amount they're spending on, on going green is, is just out of, out of this world. 
like for instance in London uh, from this week, people who live around the London area, and this is going out quite a few miles, this is going out maybe in some cases eight, 10 miles from central London. Uh, you, you cannot even drive into that area now. It's, it's, it's um, in between the north and the south circular road. This is not the M25 yet, but it's between the north and the south circular road. If you've got an older vehicle, you, you have to pay £12.50 to drive into that zone seven days a week. This has been brought in by this mayor who you know, wasn't even born when these roads were built with taxpayers' money. But now he's telling us you can't drive into this part of London uh, unless you pay or you have a new car or an electric vehicle. So that's cost people millions because you know, if you're a, uh, a builder, a plumber, tradesman, builder, baker, candlestick maker, and you have to drive in and out of that zone, you know, it, it's going to be too expensive if you have to keep paying £12.50. So they're, they're having to replace their vehicles, their, their vans, perfectly good vans sometimes. And, and so it's, it, that, that is a tax on your living costs, really, more so than, you know, giving away a few pounds here on tax relief or, or taking it away. That, that, that's affecting people in a big way. And if you think, well, it doesn't affect you because you don't live in London, think again. It's coming in in other big cities all over the country. Uh, Liverpool, Birmingham, all, all the big cities in the, in the country are, are going to bring in this, this extra charge. At the moment, if you drive into London and park, uh, you're paying extra just because the type of vehicle, just to park. So the parking, when you phone and pay by phone, they say, we charge you an extra 50 pence if you're a diesel vehicle or something. It's, it's, just, it's just outrageous, really. And meanwhile, the retail side of, of London's central London is really suffering because people are not coming in. They're not driving in at the weekend to do a bit of shopping. I'm not suggesting we all need to drive into London every day during the week. I wouldn't do it. But on the weekend, on the Saturday and Sunday, why not drive into the West End? Uh, there used to be free parking on the Saturday afternoon. That's gone. And, and spend a bit of money in the shops. Go to John Lewis, go to Selfridges or whatever, Harrods, and, and, and have a good day out. Eat, drink, be merry. No, now... Um, you know, you, you've got to use the, the, the train, of course, but the politicians don't use trains, do they? They expect us to, to get buses and trains everywhere, but they don't do it. So it's, it's like, do as I, I, I say, not as I do. I, I do use the train, by the way. I'm not averse to trains. But if you're going into the theatre in London and you're, you're coming out at 11, 12 at night sometimes, maybe you've had a, a meal or a drink afterwards, it's not easy getting home on the train. It, it's very difficult, in fact. You know, the, the trains can be cancelled last minute. Um, I had this the other night, actually. I, I, I barely got home because uh, I, I was on, and it wasn't that late. It wasn't two in the morning or anything. And, and it was quite difficult. Trains were cancelled. I had to try and re rejig my plans. And, and, and sort of, so it was a combination of train and a cab at the other end. You know, if I'd driven, I would have been home in like 25 minutes. But, but by train, it took me like an hour. And, and it's not much fun after a, a nice, out, nice night out to go home with a load of drunk, because that's what it is. You get there late at night on the train, everyone's drunk, and it's not very pleasant. So, so there you go, that's my little rant about, about trains. But what I'm saying is the environmental costs are, are really going to hit us more than, than these kind of budgets. Uh, number seven, on the cladding crisis, these are the flats that have been built with inflammable cladding, and nobody seems to want to take responsibility for it. He's promised some extra money there. He'll levy a tax on biggest property developers to, to pay for it. Number eight, uh, money lessons. For those of younger age, there's a, a, an extra funding for projects supporting new parents and a bit of extra money to, to teach children how to count. Uh, that, that's good anyway, because most people can't. Most people, uh, in, in school, you just don't get 
any education on, on finances. And that's why people come out you know, financially illiterate and then have to depend on financial advisors. Uh, so, so that's that's a summary of it. Um, if if you're in if you're in a business and you've you've got a pub, a restaurant, a hospitality type of business, you'll get fifty uh, percent relief on your business rates, which can be quite a lot of money. It can be twenty thousand pounds for for a year to help you through that. They're also spending billions on schools, police, court services. You can look it all up, you know. Uh, but at the same time, trying to balance the books and keep taxes down. For the, I mean, 24 billion is going towards multi-housing settlement. Uh, 11 billion of that is going towards uh, 180,000 uh, new affordable homes, and that's another uh, a term, affordable homes. That means basically, they 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 build a block of flats, they sell most of them off privately, at quite high prices, and then they give, say, 30 or 40 or 50 percent of them away as affordable homes on a shared ownership scheme. The problem is it's not affordable. Sometimes I've seen these schemes. They say uh, buy a, a new flat in some place like Acton, which is not even central London, or or Mill Hill East, and you know you you think oh that looks cheap, one hundred and fifty thousand. But no, that's for a quarter, a twenty five percent share in this block of flats. But then you're, you're so you're buying that as a shared ownership, uh, first time buyer. You're buying a quarter of a, a flat, uh, maybe a one bedroom small flat, quarter of it. Uh, for 150,000 and then for the pr privilege of living there as well you've got to pay rent on top of that might be six seven eight hundred pounds a month so you've got to pay your mortgage plus that and then you've eventually got to buy the rest of it out but in addition you're also paying service charges they can be as much as two thousand three thousand a year so that's not affordable that's why sometimes they can't even get rid of these properties um, so I know outside of London they might be more affordable uh, but but it, it's not as affordable it's not like building a local authority council flat which is just you know here's the flat we'll rent it for you at a below market rental or a housing association that will give you a good deal a long-term tenancy that that's what people want not these affordable shared ownership homes uh, because i've seen it in my own council that sometimes they couldn't get rid of these properties so anyway that money's going to be spent uh, obviously he has to find that money from somewhere so it's got it's got to come out of taxes or extra borrowing but he wants to keep borrowing down oh he did also mention a visa scheme to attract the brightest and best to the uk well they all say that everyone wants the brightest and the best they don't want the poor migrants uh, they want people who can come in and contribute and start businesses and you know become great scientists and nobel prize winners as has happened with with migrants so so that's that's what's happening so look at the end of the day you know you, you can look at this any way you want but we're still down to really um rowing our own boat as, as it were um getting on with our lives and, and taking care of our own economy our own economy now if you want to know how you can maybe make a bit of extra money on the side there's a there's a a social media recurring income summit coming up on the 29th where you can learn how to to build for yourself a bit a bit of a recurring income on the side so if you're in a job that uh, perhaps is uh, you don't see much future in this job maybe that that company or that business will be overtaken by technology then think again because maybe you've got to think about your future how are you going to get through your future if you're in a job that doesn't give you much of a pension scheme are you going to join those people that will never be able to afford to retire or are you going to do something about it now and maybe build a side income build a side hustle that could eventually become your full-time hustle it could be something that where you can say i'm going to get rid of my my boss and uh, quit my job because I, I hate this job anyway. I mean, if you're in a job you love, that's fine. But a lot of people don't like their job. I've stayed in jobs far too long that I didn't really like because I needed the money. 
Uh, now I don't have that problem. But uh, the, anyway, there'll be a host of people talking about how you can uh, build a side income from Rob Moore, John Lee, social media guru, uh, Kevin Gaskell, former CEO of Porsche, BMW and Lamborghini, uh, Kevin McDonnell, a no money down property specialist, Paul O'Mahony, who's the uh, author of a book called Rethink Social Media. Uh, he, he's also a social media guru, made millions online. He can show you how to do it. Simon Coulson, another guy who's made millions. I've, I've been on his course. He's a very good internet entrepreneur. Uh, so, so do have a look at that. And there's a little bonus for you. Uh, you'll receive a copy of, if you register for it, you'll, you'll get a copy of How to Work Once and Earn Forever, which is a downloadable report. So click on the link below. You've got nothing to lose. It's a free uh, a seminar for two days. You'll pick up a load of free information, good stuff. It won't just be, you know, you've got to upgrade to this. It will be genuinely uh, very useful information to help you, you know, build a side income and, and, and try and uh, maybe get to the stage where you don't have to go out and exchange your time for money. Because when you're working and just working, spending, working, spending, you can never really quite get ahead, can you? Uh, unless you, you invest, of course, but it's not easy. So if, if you've done all you can to economize and you need extra income, this is where you might be able to find it. So thanks for listening. Uh, have, a, have a great evening wherever you are. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much indeed.